welcome to the Virtual Band Director Conference. This is a 24-7 resource for you, band directors all over the world. I'm your host, John Liner. Let's get this party started. Welcome to Episode 2, Part 1 of Beginner Trumpet Pedagogy with Rochelle Isaacson. I have taught in Title I schools. I've taught in like middle class affluent schools. Um, I've been a private instructor. I've also um, taught in some kind of interesting beginner situations. All of my situations have been homogeneous. I have not had to teach all of us at one time. Um, But all of the concepts that I'm going to show you are things that you can totally apply to your class, no matter what your structure is. Uh, So kind of take what you will from what I'm going to provide for you. Um, I have a slideshow for you that I would, um, I'm going to have follow along. And uh, Mr. Liner is going to put it in the chat later. There are some links on here. So um, you're welcome to kind of click on those. And as we go through, if there's something you're like, hey, that's really cool. I want to steal that. You're welcome to do that. Um, So we're going to get started. If this will let me do it. Yep, there it goes. Okay, so first things first is I want to say a huge shout out to the Musical Mastery people. Uh, This book is what I use to teach all of my beginners program-wide. The authors, Asa Burke, Alicia DeSoto, Kathy Johnson, Chris Meredith, and Dominic Palanca, they put together this book for all beginner levels. Um, And I am in no way, shape, or form receiving any kind of like payback from them. We've been using their books for about two years now, and I just love I love everything about it. They're colorful. They're fun. Um, They have all the exercises that I used to like scribble out on paper and copy and dig through my drawer for. They have them all there. So I don't have to recreate anything. And it's fantastic. So I'm going to reference the musical mastery several times. um, But if you have not looked into it, you totally should. Uh, So when we start our beginners, um, especially our temper beginners, we always refer to it as building a house. We tell the kids, you know, they come in day one and they're like, when do we get to play? And I'm like, hold up. You got to wait. First things first is the foundation. So I say, how many of you have built a house before? And there's always a couple that know. Um, And for those of you that have built a house from scratch, you know, the first thing is you got to build the foundation. Um, Buying houses and building houses, it takes time. You can't just walk on a lot and drive away with it like a car. Um, It takes a lot of hard work, maybe not by you, but by all the people that put into the house. Um, It is definitely very messy. It does not look pretty. My parents built a house when I was in elementary school, and it was not pretty. Um, It was at the end, but it was was a pain. Um, There are delays in your building. I put in here COVID, cough, cough. Um, There's like a huge delay, which I'm sure we're all dealing with. Um, And it's going to take a whole lot of people to make it work um, for you. All right, so instrument selection. So the first thing, obviously, is uh, getting your kids on your instruments. A lot of us are at that point right now, and we're all trying to recreate the way we do things. Uh, I don't know about you, but our district is kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do. And in a normal year, um, selection is really important. Uh, We can't have any buyer's remorse. We don't want the kids to pick the trumpet and then realize, oh, this is way harder than I thought it would. So we always want the kids to want the instrument. Uh, I put up here, do they love it? The desire to play the instrument is like a huge factor. Um, the, the trumpet ego, it's real people. I don't know how many of you are trumpet players, but it's a real thing. Um, 
we we have to have a little bit of arrogance about us to make it work because it is a lot of hard work. Um, and they have to love the teach the instrument, not just the teacher, because teachers come and go, uh, but the instrument is what's going to stay with them. I put on here just size matter, and then I was like, hold up, I got to fix this. I put in the parentheses lip size. Does lip size matter? Um, <laughs> some people, some people think, oh, you got to have small lips to play the trumpet. Um, I am. I'm not a believer of that. My first job, I was teaching again in like Title One, and uh, I was I was for, like, for lack of a better word, I was the only white person in the room. Um, and we we had kids that wanted to play trumpet, and I had to make it work. So um, I'm I'm not going to look at their lips and say, "Oh no, baby, let's put you on trombone." That's just not what I'm going to do. I'm going to see what their lips look like when they blow. Um, they just need a flat surface to play the mouth, place the mouthpiece, and they have to be able to manipulate their lips. So. Um, I would, I would always encourage you to give a kid a mouthpiece and give them a gun before you stick them over, uh, to like, say euphonium or trombone, um, larger lips obviously is way easier to make a sound on those instruments, but, um, somebody has got to play trumpet. So I think you, you shouldn't always take it up to lip size. Like, uh, Mr. Liner over there, he's a trumpet player. And, uh, he always says that he's like, I, I don't have skinny little trumpet lips, um, <laughs> So, you know, he, he, and he's a fabulous trumpet player. So uh, I, I would be, uh, like kind of be very cautious about lip size. Um, when I'm testing kids, it is vital to me that they are able to buzz two pitches. Uh, maybe not exactly a G and a C or like concert F, concert B flat, but they, they have to be able to manipulate high and low. Um, I don't want the little low tubby buzz, which I'm going to demonstrate for you. So low tubby buzz, I don't want this. Uh, that is not a desirable sound. Um, and I kind of cut out when I play, but that's not a desirable thing. It's kind of wet and fluffy. That's not a real note on the trumpet. Those are pedal tones. We don't do that. Um, so they have to get a high and a low. It doesn't have to be perfect, but they do have to be able to manipulate it or trumpet is going to totally suck for them. Um, we don't want it to be harder than it is. Uh, we start in sixth grade where I teach, and I always tell them sixth grade is hard enough, then you having to worry about how to make a sound on the trumpet. The production should be natural, but uh, you shouldn't have to work too hard. All right, so foundation is most important. When you're building a house, if the foundation isn't good, it's terrible. It's just not going to work for you. Um, so I have a couple of things. So setup, the way my class is set up, we have all trumpets. Like I told you, I usually have about 20 kids um, at a time, like maybe 20 to 30 kids in my room. I put on here social distancing trumpet style. Um, my kids sit far apart. We sit with like a chair or two between us and I take up the whole room. Um, I space them out. So we have a lot of space. Um, I have different zones for my kids. I have an all-star zone and a splash zone. Um, and I can get more into that later. I don't really start that until after they begin playing. But the all-stars are kids that have proven to me that they can make great sounds, they know how to sit, and they behave well. So they they earn not sitting next to me. They get to sit far, far away from Miss Isaacson. Um, and then the splash zone. The splash zone um, is like, you know when you go visit SeaWorld and you see Shamu? And then there's like this area where it's like caution. This is a splash zone and you're going to get wet. I tell my kids, when you sit there, you better watch out because I'm going to get you. Um, so splash zone is that area. Um, and then we always store our cases under the chair at the beginning. We always have them at the ready. Um, we start with breathing. So 
Um, breathing is always the first thing. And we just kind of just talk about keeping it natural, um, having an inhale and an exhale that, that aren't held. So straight in and straight out. Um, and we always talk about not breathing through our nose. Um, I tell them we don't want you to choke on a booger and die. Um, and they always chuckle at that. I have really ridiculous middle school humor. So uh, if you don't like my jokes, sorry about you. Um, <laughs> and we also do um, counting fun. So this is uh, something I stole from Mr. Rudd, Rudd a long time ago. We just count. Like I'll put a metronome on and I'll say, okay, let's count to 30. And we go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. We get all the way to 30 and we hold it out and we go 30 and we do it in one breath. And it's always a game to see who can make it the longest in one breath. And then they all like collapse on themselves and they giggle and I'm like, okay, let's go to 40. And they're like, no way. And then we do it. One, two, three, four, five. And we do it with a big, powerful voice. And it's really silly, but that's, it's a way to get them to manipulate and move more air. Um, and it's really fun. So you should try it. Okay, and then I have a picture of pinwheels on here. All of our kids get a school issued pinwheel. They're mini. I wish I had one to show you, but they're all at school. They're mini pinwheels. Um, some of them are kind of janky, but that's okay. We make them work. And we just practice blowing the pinwheel. Um, we have mirrors that our kids get. Um, and I get them from like a professional plastic company. And they come in like this giant sheet. And they cut them into little squares for us. Um, so the kids have them on their stands. Um, and that's how we do that. And I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, an equipment sample sheet. So all of my kids get um, a sample sheet. And I'm going to see if I can share this with you. Where is it? Wrong thing. Nope. Nope. Yep. There it is. Um, so the sample sheet looks like, where is it? I'm sorry. It's down here. So this is a sample sheet. So they all get a supply sheet that looks like that. Oh no, the end. All right, well, um, if it doesn't come up, um, I'll show it to you at the end. Um, it's cute, it's got pictures, so mama can search it up on Amazon, but we try to keep the, the uh, supplies to a minimum. All they need is like the instrument and the supply stuff. Well, that's just gonna last forever. So I'll do that later. Oh, there it goes. All right, so there's that sheet. I hope y'all can see that. So those are our recommended brand trumpets. I'm not a, an equipment person. Um, my kids play on a 5B mouthpiece. Um, it's It works for me. I have no complaints with it. Um, I have kids that make great sounds, so 5B is my friend. Um, we have our um, accent on achievement book is what we use. We ask them to have a tuner metronome, clips, um, and then a burp. I put on here, um, it's not some kind of new creation. A burp has been around for a long time. Um, it's a buzzing tool. It hooks on their instrument. And we use that a lot at the beginning. Um, I'm not a huge buzzer, but we do start at the very beginning um, buzzing. So that's their supply sheet that they get. Let me go back. Uh, sorry. I have like um, a kajillion windows open. I don't know about y'all. Go happen. Oh no! All the things. <laughs> All right, hold on one second. Let me let me sort my life out. Okay.
I think I'm fixed. I fixed. I fixed myself. All right. So that's the equipment sheet that we use. Um, so foundation. So posture matters. Um, I say that it seems silly to me, but the way they sit matters. If you look weird, you're going to sound weird. That's what I tell my babies. I'm like, you look weird, you sound weird. Um, so at the very beginning, we do a posture chant. Feet flat back straight, honey on the hump. Hook. I'm sure you guys have heard that before. Um, I also uh, do a ridiculous thing. I walk on the back of the chairs. Um, I get them to sit in their band posture. And then I parade myself around their chairs and they, um, you know, they all freak out and I almost threatened my life a couple of times, but just to get them excited about sitting on the edge of their chairs, um, the posture is important and you got to stick on them about it. They're not going to want to, they're lazy. They're, they're video game posture all day. They're hunched over. I tell them not to rest on themselves. Um, like not to put your weight on anything. You want to sit up really tall. Like band is the only class they go to all day long where they have to hold themselves up. Um, they get to lean on their desks and all their other classes, but not in band. So you kind of have to be a squeaky wheel about it. Um, we do facial awareness. Like I was telling you, my kids get a mirror and we just do silly things at the beginning. Like, okay, everybody do this. Everybody do this. And I'll, I'll have them do silly things with their lips. We'll do duck lips. We'll, uh, take our tongue and touch the last tooth in our mouth. And we'll take our tongue and touch the front of our teeth. And the back of our teeth. And I just I just do it to make them aware of their bodies and what they what they can move on their face. Cause not a lot of us think about what our face does on a regular basis. Um and then we just try to keep it natural. Um, just showing them, okay, what does your natural face look like? Your lips are together, you don't look weird. Just encourage them to keep it natural. Now, um, airflow, airflow. We do practice airflow, like I told you, we're doing breathing. Um, I tell them practice like everyone hold up your birthday candle and they hold up their birthday candle. And then I say, okay, blow out your candle. And then I say, make your candle look like mine. And I, I do it and, and they got their mirrors in front of them. And I kind of scan around and you can see the weird ones, you know, the ones that are spitting on the cake. We don't want spitting on the cake. Um, I tell them to be aware of where the wet part of their lip is. And that's really important. Some people will say like the pink part of your lip or they'll try to do that. And some of our lips aren't the same color. So that doesn't always work. But um, the wet part is always really important. And I'll tell them, like, touch the dry part, touch the wet part. And I'll, and some kids are like, they, they're not aware. They're like, wet what? Um, so I'll like, I kind of guide them and help them out, um, kind of get them in that general direction. So you just kind of make them aware of what their face looks like. Natural face, blowing out the candle. And we'll do that a lot. Um, and then again, we'll have the pinwheels. Um, they have their school issue pinwheel and they'll pull it up and they'll blow on those pinwheels. And, and we'll do things like, Hey, make your pinwheel spin as fast as you can. And they'll go and their cheeks will puff up. And then I'm like, okay, now do it without your cheeks puffing. And they'll, and then you can see the kids' brains working and they're watching their faces in the mirror and they're working their pinwheels. And then I'll say, okay, now make your pinwheel spin as slow as you can. And like just the focus of those kids trying to spin their pinwheels is amazing. Um, and that awareness of their airspeed will come really in handy later on when we start adding a mouthpiece. Um, another thing we do is we have a bubble day. Now, I operate on a small level of chaos at all times. Um, I, I can handle crazy. If you can't handle crazy, you may not be able to do bubble day. But what I do is I buy those um, bubbles from like the party store, the like tiny little bubbles. So if they spill them, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and I give them each a little bubble canister and we open them together and I just let them blow bubbles and have fun. And we take silly pictures 
And then I, I, okay, everybody stop. Okay, get your mirror out. Now I want you to blow lots of tiny bubbles. And when, when you blow tiny bubbles, you have to blow fast, cold air. And I'll tell them that, or I'll ask them. I'm like, okay, well, what kind of air are you blowing to get tiny bubbles? And there'll be some kid who will say the right thing eventually. Um, and I'll tell them, yeah, that's right, fast, cold air. And then I'll say, okay, now everybody stop blowing your tiny bubbles. Now let's see who can get the biggest bubble. And then all of a sudden they have to change their airspeed because now they have to focus on getting that big old bubble. And we celebrate the big bubbles and we freak out and they all try to make bigger bubbles than me. Um, and then we talk about our air. Okay, well, let's do tiny bubbles again. Tell me about your air. Okay, good, now let's do big bubbles. Okay, now puff your cheeks out and look silly. Okay, you look ridiculous. You're never gonna get a girlfriend, so don't do it again, you know? So um, we have fun with it and we just, we're really silly, but kind of just making them aware of what your air is capable of doing. Um, and then we also do, yes. We had a, a, yeah. a private message on the chat and was asking, how do you explain air support? Air support? Um, you know, I don't really, I, I just think about like the candle situation and getting them to, to put their air in front of them. Um, I don't necessarily talk about like using their tummy muscles. When we start like manipulating pitch later, we talk about adding their tummy muscles a little bit, but um i think a lot of it comes down to like the bubbles and the pinwheels well it, it's a visual for those kids and they can see how how to get it to work especially when the kid next to them is making a huge stream of bubbles and then some kids don't and it also makes it aware for you to um like watch out like hey that kid kind of struggled getting his air to move and you can kind of stick on him a little bit while you do those um, but I think air support kind of comes as, as it goes. I think as long as your air is working in the right way and you're getting a lot in and a lot out, um, it kind of does its work. Um, now, when we start talking about producing a buzz, um, I, I do air to buzz. That's my method and everything we do before that leads up to it. So we do a lot of like blow out the birthday candle, blow out your pinwheel. And then I'm like, okay, now hold your mouthpiece. Okay, now blow out the birthday candle. Okay, you know, and the bell will ring and it takes forever. Um, but we start with just two fingers and a thumb on the mouthpiece. And I tell them, lick your lips. And then I go around and I set their mouthpiece on their face. And I set it, and I don't, and I'm not too picky. I set it where I feel like it's going to fit well. So I'm like, I'll go around, okay, blow out your birthday candle. And I'll set it on their face. And I'll say, good, sit there. Um, and we'll do that. And we'll bring our mouthpiece up. And then we'll talk. And we'll say, hello. And they'll say, hello. And we'll just talk back and forth and I'll say, notice it's, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'll say, notice how I can talk to you with my mouthpiece on my face. And, th and I might say like, well, why is that important? And some kid will say something stupid. And then some kid will say, because you can breathe. And I'm like, that's right. Cause we breathe through our mouth. And so I'll demonstrate. Okay, good. Now we're going to blow out our birthday candle through our mouthpiece and we'll go. And I don't know if y'all, y'all can hear that, but I call it turbulence when i blow through the mouthpiece it creates like a, a sound like when you're in the airplane and the, the the air is rushing by and so we'll be aware of just the air so we'll do a lot of that we'll spend days just doing that air buzz and then we'll pull our pinwheels up and we'll do the same thing okay make your pinwheels spin fast make your pinwheels spin slow and and we bring it all back so they're they're accustomed to it they're accustomed to manipulating their air and then they add the mouthpiece um, and then that magical day will come and I'll say, okay, watch me. And I'll go. Uh, 
And then at that point, the kids are like, whoa. And I'll say, okay, now let's, let's have your turn. And so they'll do that. And I, I want them to start and I tell them air first, air first. Cause the second you make a sound, the kids are all going to want to make it. And they're going to want to squish their lips together and go. Ah. That's not what I want. I don't want them to make a sound. I want the, the sound to happen because the airspeed is going through it. Um, and that will be your biggest friend. If you force them to start with air, you're going to get more open, more beautiful, natural trumpet sounds. Because um, anybody can squish their lips together and blow. But it, it's the, the natural vibration that occurs from the air flowing through your lips that's important. So wet lips, they have to touch. And then, and then the air speed causes the vibrations, okay? Um, and we can kind of problem solve some things that you will see, but that's always air to buzz. Lots of that stuff is important. Um, so I put on here inspection. When you're building a house, you get to go through and put blue tape on things that are just in wrong places. So I said, you get what you get, but you better fix it. Because uh, if you don't fix it now, that problem is going to bite you in the rear come January or May when you're trying to make the kids play higher than a C and your kid can't do it. Uh, it's because foundation isn't right. So um, I put on here of uh, the pedal buzz. The things that are the most common in my trumpet classes are the kids that are getting a low, flubby, like cubby sound buzz. Um, we we don't play, I mean, below like G, like that's we don't we don't go any lower than that. So if your kid's getting a really nice low buzz sound. That's great. He just needs, or he or she needs to learn how to manipulate their lips better. Um, I say the wet part on the inside. The wet part's got to stay on the inside of the lip. Um, and, and I kind of just make them aware. Wet part on the inside. We'll touch our lip and we'll, you know, okay, stick your wet part out. Or make a kissy face. And I'll make silly faces at them. And um, and then that they'll show they'll show me. And then we'll kind of, okay, now put it right. I also use like coffee straws as a helper. Um, if a kid's really struggling, you put the coffee straw on their lips, not in their teeth. They'll hold it with just their lip. Um, and some of the kids, like larger lipped friends, they're going to have trouble with this. And like <laughs> I've had many kids that they they had a trouble just getting the straw to be held in their lips. But it makes them aware of how they have to roll it in and, and make the center go in. Um, and then I put hug your teeth. That's a phrase that I use a lot for my kids when I say hug your teeth at the bottom. We want your lip to kind of feel like it's giving your teeth a hug. And it's usually like a really sweet kid. And they're blowing and nothing's coming out. Um, that's my favorite because that means when they do make sound, it's gonna be beautiful. Um, it means their lips are probably not close enough together. They're not touching. So lips have to touch to vibrate. Um, it could be that they're too tight and they're about to buzz a really high pitch. And whenever I get kids like that, I always tell them, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so special. You are buzzing a really, really high note. And the rest of us are gonna struggle with that later, but you, like that's super easy for you. Um, and that's natural. So I don't make them feel bad about not making a sound for a while, but I'll try to help them a little bit. And I'll tell them like, Hey, try to relax your lip a little bit. Um, and I'll kind of give them some pointers to relax. And then I myself will place it on their face. And most of the time I'll, I'll go back to the, okay, blow out the candle. And when you do that, 
you can see kids, they're trying, they, they want so much to please you and they try so hard. Um, so when you do that and you say, blow out the candle, the kids, you can see them, they'll go. And I'm like, no, 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 just put your lips together, take a deep breath in. And then I, when I do that, I'll pop it up there and they'll get a buzz and everyone in the class is like, oh, and I'm like, see, you just got to relax. Um, and, and they kind of have to learn how to do to relax. It's mostly my uptight kids that, that get that really high pinched pinched butt, but don't let them force the sound. And you as the professional are going to have to learn what a forced buzz sounds like and what a, like a fuzzy buzz sounds like. Um, and, and don't allow the forced buzz. Just don't allow it, especially at the beginning. Um, and then I tell the kids the bottom lip controls the register or like where, how high you play the top lip controls the vibration. So you as the professional, the kids too low. Oh, okay. Let me check your bottom lip. Okay. Um, if they're not getting any vibration, okay, let me check your top lip. Are you touching? Um, and then I always put wet lips, just make sure they're wetting their lips. Okay. Um, again, I put on here, watch out for the bungee chin. Um, so we'll also have a kid who has a bungee chin and I'll say, okay, everybody make a bungee chin. And then people are like, what? How do you make a bunchy chin? And the only way I can make a bunchy chin is if I squish my bottom lip out. And it makes my chin really attractive and bunchy. I'm sure I'm like doing this for all these fabulous people. Have you like my bunchy chin? Um, so, and I tell them I have like bunchy chin. And then I say, look at that. What part of my lip is sticking out? And then they say, oh, the wet part. And I'm like, that's right. And that's not supposed to stick out. Um, puppy cheeks, it works, it works for some, some fabulous timber players, but it ain't going to work for us. Um, keep it tucked in, teeth hug your cheeks, or I said that wrong, your cheeks hug your teeth. Um, I said, you gotta watch out for playing on the inside, especially with our lar larger lip friends. They're gonna wanna play on the inside of their lip. And don't let them do that. Um, I would be very aware of where the placement is on your top lip. I've had trumpet players that have slowly slid down where they barely have, I don't know if you can see this, but they have the rim of the mouthpiece is barely on their top lip um, or it's like covering and they barely have any lip to vibrate and it'll work great from C to G and they'll be rocking and rolling all the way until December and then you're going to start going up and then their world is going to shatter. So just make sure it stays up and it doesn't drift away from their nose. Um, along with that would go um, like teeth, um, teeth together. I think it's pretty common. Most people don't play with teeth together. I've really never encountered a kid who does that. Um, but just make sure you address it. Um, but going along with the, the angle would be your head angle. So more and more, I see trumpet players that play downward. Oh, snap. It's okay. It's all good. It's good. All right. So um, head angle, the teeth and the trumpet should be in line with one another. So when you blow, your air should move. It moves slightly downward, not straight out and definitely not down. Um, I have a lot of kids in my beginning trumpet class now that have developed this, this right here, where the bell goes up and the head goes down. Um, that's a big fat no-no. Um, and even I have encountered it. So what I do, I wish I had another one to show me, but I'll grab the bell in their head and I'll push them in opposite direction. So I'll go, I, I get all in their personal space. Maybe not anymore because of, you know, Corona, but whatever. Um, and I'll just push them, trumpet and head, and I push them away. Um, and I just tell the kid, keep your head up. The kids want to, they want to duck down or like they feel insecure about themselves. So they want to look down at the trumpet, especially when you start moving fingers, they start to look down. So head up, trumpet bell down. Not too much. Okay. We, we don't play the clarinet. So it shouldn't be in between your knees. 
Um, and then I said, watch out for tension. Tension is the enemy. Um, shoulders, keep it down. And kids don't even realize I do it. I walk around my class constantly and I'll just, I'll just tap the shoulder and then they go, oh, you know, and they're like, oh, I feel so much better. Thank you. Um, so you're kind of the police. You kind of walk around, encourage them, but those are the things you got to watch out for. Um, next, it's going to work. You don't let me do it. I have the boring stuff that I put on here. Um, it doesn't have to be boring, but this is when your kids are going to be like, when do we get to play our instruments? Um, and this is where it, this is so important. I put tone, tone, tone. The main focus for you should be tone quality. Nobody's going to want to hear your trumpet player play all the scales in the world if they don't sound like a trumpet player. Um, I think middle school trumpet can be some of the most offensive stuff that you hear. Um, it makes or breaks a band big time. Trumpets are big, big time directional. They are the bringers of the noise. I, I don't just say that because I'm a trumpet player, but if you can't get your kids to sound good, your, your whole band is going to suffer. Um, woodwind technique is amazing and wonderful and they're going to sound beautiful, but if the trumpets sound bad, you're sunk. So um, I just really, really focus on their tone. So I do a lot of I play, you play at the beginning. Most of what I do is rote thoughts at the beginning. Um, we do a lot of music reading and theory and all of that on top of this, but most of what I do is I play, you play, and it'll be I buzz, you buzz, and I'll, we'll, we'll stay set, and I'll breathe in, I'll put a metronome on, and I'll buzz for four, and I'll start air to buzz, and then I'll have them do back air to buzz, and then as we get better, I'll start adding, like, time limits to it. We'll learn what whole notes are. Okay, well, how many beats does it get? Okay, well, let's do a full count note. Let's talk about how to do that. And so we do tons of I play, you play. Um, it builds face time. It builds muscle memory and strength. So it's, it's building what you're supposed to do. And it's okay if it doesn't sound good the first time or the second time, but you just want lots and lots of reps. Um, I put on here DTR down the row. Um, it's, it's great to go like, okay, I want you to play. Oh, I want you to play. You know, you can do uh, don't drop the baby and, and play games where they're also sounds. I'm adjusting. I'm, I'm talking to kids. I'm snapping at kids. I'm pulling kids off the rafters, but you got to be on top of it. Um, and then I said, you can use a harmony director or sing. If you are not a trumpet player and your skills are not the best and you think maybe I shouldn't model for them, then don't get a harmony director, throw it on hold, play the pitch. Tonal energy has a fabulous way to drown. Technology is amazing these days. I don't think it should be an excuse. Um, find something that can produce a characteristic tone for you and do it. Um, I do a lot, like I have a harmony director. I do a lot of singing. I'll walk around. Um, I, I may not have my trumpet all the time, but I'll sing like, okay, play this note and then I'll play it and I'll say, do it again and they'll do it again. Um, I, I sing talk or metronome speak. So everything's constantly moving. Um, they don't feel like the kids aren't always playing, but they don't feel like they are bored because I'm constantly throwing stuff at them. I put, uh, put, be honest and be encouraging. The kids want to be. They want to be the best for you and they want to please. I tell my kids, I'm like, nobody in here signed up for band because you want to be the worst one in the room. 
And then I tell them, but somebody, somebody in here is going to be the worst one in the room, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, and so we'll talk about things and, and as kids go around, I'm like, that's great. I love your airspeed, but you're too tight or you're making a fuzzy buzz or, you know, whatever. I just throw out information to them as we go down the road. I'll hear them in um, groups as well, divide them up and say, okay, let me hear this. Let me hear that. Um, I do the color game. I'm like, okay, if you're wearing blue, let me hear you. If you're wearing red, let me hear you. And so we'll play and we'll do a lot of playing and basically doing the same thing over and over and over again. But they think they're like, oh, this is fun. I'm wearing green. Um, and we do a lot of that stuff. And mainly I'm just focusing on one or two things. I'm focusing on their airspeed or I'm focusing on their buzzes or whatever. Um, but I try to find a lot of ways to do the same thing over and over again without the kids realizing it. So down here, it says, give the illusion of speed. Um, <laughs> you want to come up with activities and ways to work on the foundational things without it getting boring. Um, the pinwheels, we again, we do that with the mouthpiece and without. Um, we'll, we'll do buzzing and we'll, we'll eventually do sirens. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, we'll do posture, chant, hand position. We'll talk about how to hold our instrument. So we'll buzz for a little bit and then, okay, put the mouthpiece away. Okay, now let's talk about the trumpet or let's do that. Um, I kind of show my kids um, a party trick at the very beginning. We talk about how, I call it a party trick, but it is. Um, we talk about how the trumpet works. And so I always say, okay, true or false? You gotta make a sound on this to make a sound on this. And they go, true. And I go, watch this. And I go, and then uh, it's a little tricky at the computer, but. And usually, your mind the trumpet just wants to play. My trumpet professor, Mr. Red, he always used to say, uh, it wants to play. It's playing. That's a, that's a concert B flat. Um, it's playing its name. All you're doing is putting the, the air in motion. By the way, if you show your kids that, they're going to want to do it too. So make that off limits. But um, you just got to put air in motion. Uh, so lots of ways just to teach your kids to get it to move. Um, you can teach them position and slide technique, which we'll talk about more in a minute. Ms. Isaacson. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of related, but I think it goes into the, the, the longer game. Uh, one thing that we had talked about and I started doing with my kids from you is the sound of the day. Or yeah, and that's, oh, yeah. Can you talk about that real quick? Yeah, um, so I have a slide over here. Um, I can get to it. Um, best sound of the day. So we do B-S-O-T-D, um, best sound of the day. And what we do is when we start producing sound, we will go um, eight counts down the row. And it takes it takes some coordinating to get them used to, but we start with one kid and each kid gets eight counts on a note. Um, as they go through, um, I'm listening to their the kids and we all listen to each other all the way through. And then when we get to the end, um, the kids will um, I'll say, okay, who had the best sound of the day? And then they'll raise their hand um, and they'll give me their ideas. They'll say, well, I think it was Joseph. And I'll say, well, why? You can't just say, because he's cool. You got to say, why? And I'll say, well, I like, I thought Joseph's tone was really steady today. And I'll say, I agree with you. 
Or, you know, sometimes I'll be like, I like this kid. And I'm going to go, you know what? They were not my favorite today. Do you know why they weren't my favorite? And then some kid will say, because they uh, sound like poop. Or, you know, they won't say that. But um, so we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we build a air of respect, so to say. Um, but I teach them the lingo. Um, so, and I can talk more about BSOT in just a second. Um, the next thing I teach my kids is the three things. Um, so we have three things to go higher and three things obviously to go lower. So we always go higher first because most of your kids are gonna wanna buzz like a, a B flat, a concert B flat when they start. If they start on G, that's fabulous, they're set. Um, but most of them are gonna wanna buzz low. So we do um, talking about how to go higher. And I tell them three things, firm lips, fast cold air, and think E. So I tell them firm lips, take your finger and put it on your bottom lip. And I say, wiggle it. Okay, now don't let it wiggle. And then I tell them, this is a firm lip. Now I say, um, push your lips together like you're making a kissy face. And I say, my muscles feel firm. They feel really firm. And if you do that and you make a kissy face and you squish your lips together, it feels like your muscles feel like they're working hard. But when you put your finger on that, that's not, that's not firm at all. It's super wiggly. Um, and so we talk about that. Like, that's not firm lips. Firm lips is hugging your teeth. Um, and so we'll touch our finger and we'll look in our mirror and we'll practice doing kissy face or duck lips and then firm lips. And we'll practice that a lot. Um, and so, and then after that, we'll go, okay, everybody buzz me a high note. Ready, set, buzz. And then they'll try to buzz a high note. And some kids will go, you know, this much higher. And then some kid will be like, super screamer. And that's great. And then we just practice doing that. And I'll go, okay, okay, okay. Now to go lower, what do you think? And then they'll go, uh, relax lips. And I'm like, that's right. Okay, so your lips are relaxed now. And I said, well, what about your air? And they say, uh, well, okay, uh, slow. And I'm like, yeah, slow, slow, warm air. And they're like, well, how do you blow slow, warm air? And I'm like, well, try it. You know, like fog up a mirror. <sighs> okay, great. Now blow fast, cold air. And we kind of just experiment with that. And then I tell them to think, ah, and we'll say, say E, say ah, say E, say ah. And they're, you know, they like that. And then um, I, I explain to them, okay, when you say ah, what happens? And someone will eventually say, well, your tongue goes to the bottom of your mouth. You're like, that's right. And then you can blow warm air. Um, so those are the things that I tell them. So we always talk about the three things. And when I go around the room and I hear kids, I'll say, okay, buzz me a high note. Buzz me a low note. And I just do it super fast. I'm like, go, go, good, good. Mm -hmm. And even if it's like, even if their high note is here uh -huh. and their low note is here, uh -huh. I'm like, fabulous. It's beautiful. I just want them to be able to play a high note and a low note. Um, some kids are going to be super, like have a really high range. Some kids aren't going to have a lot, but they just need to feel encouraged and positive um, and manipulate that. After they're able to manipulate going higher and lower, then we do buzzing practice. And that's when I'll add in a siren, which like we've all heard a siren. Well, I always go down first. I tell them falling down the stairs is way easier than falling up the stairs, which I have done both, but falling down is way easier, right? Uh, um, it's way easier to go down for your kids. I spent a lot of time going down and just have kids practice. Who thinks they have a really good siren? Let me hear it. Good. Whoa, that was awesome. And I just get really excited about their sounds that they're making. Um, I'll, and like, cause I'm a trumpet player, I'll show off cause that's how we do it. You know, I'll go. Ah, and then they're like, whoa. And so I kind of show them like, you can do that, but look what you could do eventually. Um, and then when we go up, we do sirens going up. I tell them, I'm like, okay, so to go up, what are you going to have to do? And they're going to go, well, 
I said, well, what are your lips going to have to do? Well, they'll start relaxed. That's right. And then they're going to go, what? Burn. Hey, what about your hair? Slow to fast. Good. What about eat off? And so we'll talk about what our lips have to do. Um, and then I tell them, I'm like, but when you go up, it takes a little bit of muscles and you got to use your tummy muscles a little bit, kind of pop the note out. Um, I tell them, I said, you got to squeeze your tummy. I said, but not too hard because we don't want to toot the wrong trumpet. And then they think about it and then they laugh, you know? Um, so we start low and go high. And that one's so hard. When your kids do it, they're going to do like, they're going to do little baby ones. And you get excited for them and whatever sounds they are. Of course, we're still focusing on not forcing the buzz. If they're forcing the buzz, it's going to be really hard for them to do this stuff. Um, and after they can manipulate the pitch, this and this is like weeks on weeks of stuff. around the room and I'll say, okay, play me a high note, play me a low note, good. And I'll sing it to them. And the kids just naturally, most of them want to play the notes you sing. And then when I say, okay, play me this note and I put it on the keyboard and we do a drone, then I can kind of walk around and listen to kids. And I can walk around, I can look at kid and I go up, up, up. And if they're still not getting, I'll say, okay, what do you have to do? Oh, firm lips, tackle there, think E, okay. You got to change one of those things. I was telling them, I was like, if nothing's changing, you got to change one. So like start with the lips. And so it kind of teaches the kids to be responsible for their own stuff. Um, as the year goes on, I begin doing mini scales um, on the mouthpiece. So a mini scale like this. So no tongue. Uh, all smooth. One and smooth. But... I don't really give them instructions on how to do it, but I listen to them and if they're tonguing, I tell them no tongue, just do air only. And the kids naturally will do it. And then we'll go down. And then we'll go up and down. And then I'll slowly start sneaking more notes in there. But we do a lot of keyboard work just on the mouthpiece to warm up. Um, and again, no tongue on that. Okay, so then adding the trumpet. <laughs> All of that is the stuff that we do mouthpiece only. Now, if you have a burp, you can be adding the burp as you go. Um, and they can be holding the trumpet and gaining that muscle strength. Um, but this is kind of what it comes. So I'm just going to show you, I always teach my kids how to hold it, how to put it together, how to take care of it before we ever start playing it. Um, so I put assembly and maintenance and hand position. I said they have to earn their trumpets. Uh, we do an a part of the instrument quiz and they have to ace it. Like I tell them, everybody has to get 100 or we don't play trumpet. Um, so they kind of encourage each other and we'll do like a touch and tell. So we'll pull, we'll learn how to open our cases always on the floor in their own little personal trumpet bubble and we'll open cases and then we'll, you know, we'll do the singing angels thing. You know, you open the case and you go, because ah, you know, it's your baby. Um, and then we'll do touch and tell and I'll say like, okay, well, this is the first valve. Okay, touch it, wiggle it. And I'll let them like get their wiggles out that way. Um, and I'll say, okay, and we learn all the parts of the instrument and how they work and what they do. Um, I also explained to them that the trumpet is like a speaker. I was like, it's just a really fancy speaker. I said, this amplifies, or I'm sorry, this amplifies this. I said, so if this sounds like junk, what's this gonna sound like? And they say, junk, and I'm like, that's right, amplified junk. So if this sounds good, this is gonna sound fabulous. So we just talk about like 
this isn't going to change when we put this in this it's going to be just like an amplifier and there's a cool trick where you can like take your phone and uh, put the speaker up to it and like play a song through it works really good on the euphonium and uh, not so much on the tuba but it works really good on the tuba or i'm sorry the euphonium you like put the speaker up and you hook it and it like amplifies the sound kind of like sticking your phone in a cup so that's another party trick i'll show them i'm like it's just an amplifier so we, we talk about how the instrument works and what happens when you push down this button, where does the air go? It goes in here, that's right. And we talk about, you gotta push the button down to pull the slide off. And they learn all the proper techniques uh, to take care of their instrument before we ever take it out of the case. Um, when we do oiling of our valves, I teach them in a kumbaya circle. We have like trumpet picnic and we take all of our stuff and we come and we sit down in a big circle and I sit in the middle and we get napkins and all this stuff. And I teach him, okay, unscrew all, and I'm like super anal. I, I, you can tell. We, we unscrew the valves and we go, one, and I, you know, like, don't twist that, don't twist that. And I'm, I'm helping them all. And we pull them out and I tell them, it doesn't come out more than that. I don't know if you can tell that, but we don't pull it out very far. If your kids start pulling valves out, they're going to be oiling their valves for like 25 minutes. And I'm like, this should be less than a minute. So I teach them how to do it super fast. Um, that's just the way I want them to work and like to work. Um, there's a link here. It's Band Directors Talk Shop resource. They have this fabulous thing, which is um, right here. It's trumpet, trumpet maintenance. They have it for all the instruments. And it's word step by step how to oil your instrument, how to care for it, what you should do, how often you should grease your slides. Um, we have this resource and we give it to all of our kids. Um, and so like when the kids like, oh, I forgot how to oil my valves. And I go, well, go look at your paper. Um, and then we always do, I call it the idiot test. I don't know. I probably get in trouble for some of the things I say, but I call it the idiot test. So after we oil our valves, I teach them, I teach them what the valve guy does and we listen for the click and I say, make sure it clicks. And then, you know, that way when kids oil their valves and they're like, Miss Isaacson, my trumpet doesn't work. That's my, um, that's not my not smart kid voice. Um, and they said, my trumpet doesn't work. And I'll go, did you pass the idiot test? And then all the kids will go, uh-oh. And then I'll go and I'll click it. And then I'll go, oh no, you failed. Um, so we learned that pretty quickly um, because that's like one of those big pain in the tissue things that you have to deal with a lot. Um, positions and finger wiggles. Um, the left hand holds the trumpet. And that's not like earth shattering news to anyone. Left hand is the boss, that's what it does. Um, I teach my kids to put their pinky up here. Uh, some of you might do this or like middle finger. I I had small little hands as a kid, so this worked great for me. If you have some like humongo, like a uh, Hulk sized hand person and they wanna put their middle finger in that ring, that's fine. Um, but I, I have not encountered that many big sixth graders. So I always teach them this way, uh, thumb in the saddle, pinky in the ring, two fingers hold around. That's what I do. Um, right hand, um, this, I, I tell them it's like the sprinkles on a cupcake. You don't want to squish your cupcake. So we talk about like cheeseburger or like, I don't know, a veggie burger if you don't eat cheeseburgers. Um, we talk about curves and we place it on top of the trumpet and we put our thumbprint in between the second and third, or, I'm sorry, first and second vowel thumbprint here. And I tell them if CSI shows up, you better be guilty of that crime. Like put your thumbprint all on there. And then we do one, two, three. And then pinky hangs out on top. I am a pinky hook hater. I'll fight you. Uh, no pinkies in the ring. Don't do it. Um, there's too much tension here and it develops into this. 
which then develops into bad technique and bad trumpet. So pinky out of the hook. Um, you know, I have some kids that'll show up and their trumpet won't have a pinky hook and they're like, miss, I don't have it. And I'm like, sweet. Um, so whenever kids ask me why I say, because I said so, um, I'm the boss and it, you don't put it in the ring. Um, and then, you know, as they get older, you can explain to them what it's there for, but, uh, teach them out of the ring. You don't want bad habits. Um, I teach my kids, uh, seven positions and this is new. I didn't always do this when I first started teaching and I just did trumpets and that was all I did. Um, I taught like one and two and two and three. And I did that. And I, I don't know, a few years ago, I was like, what? This is so much easier just to teach everyone fifth position. So I could just say, it's fifth position, concert D flat, fifth position. And it's way easier. Um, it's made our life easier as a team of band directors at my school. So I'm a huge posi like position fan. I even teach my French horns positions. We'll talk about that later. Um, it's, it's just great. So um, if you don't know positions, I can um, I can show you that later. But positions, fabulous, wonderful. Um, we do games where I'll be like, show me first, show me second, show me third, show me first, second, third. And the, the hardest one for them to learn is third position because they want to do this. And I tell them that's that's nothing. We that we don't have that. Um, some kids might ask, well, what is it? And I might tell like those really smart go-getter kids, well, that's an alternate position for one and two. Um, and they're like, well, why don't we do that? And I'm like, cause that's silly. We're not going to do that. Um, so we do games like that. And then I will teach them some rote songs, um, towards the end where we'll do let's go band or something. And I'll go one, four, three, two, one. And some of my like really fabulous kids will go home and learn songs before they ever learn songs. Cause I'll teach them like, Hey, one, four, two, one, four, three, two, one. And then they're like, what? And they'll go home and they'll learn a song. Uh, some kids won't, but we do a lot of rote songs just for fun. Miss Isaacson, yeah. uh, what would you say to people who, because some in the chat somebody asked about how often you get to, you get to see your kids, uh, and so if you didn't see Miss Isaacson, gets the opportunity to see your kids forty five minutes a day for five days a week. Um, but what would you say to people who don't have the same time or the same class structure uh, to at least achieve some of what's happening? I think if you have brass, you can do a lot of the same stuff. Like if you have all brass together, you can totally apply these concepts for them. Um, I think you would just have to move at a slightly accelerated pace or uh, limit the amount that they're capable of doing. Like, I think it's perfectly okay if you don't get to that thing um, with your beginners. Um, if the foundation is solid, you can cram music down your throat all you want next year or later. Um, but I, I think just taking taking your time and finding things that are important. The foundation is most important. Do they understand how their instrument works? Do they know how to sit? Do they know how to manipulate the sound and how to make a beautiful sound? Those would be the things that I think would be the most bang for your buck is just to really invest in the sound production. Um, I know they're going to want to play songs, but you got to kind of pace yourself. Um, starting to like force the trumpet too soon and the buttons and playing songs some kids are going to be really successful but most of your kids are going to start manipulating their sound to make things happen um and we just want it to be easy um whenever we introduce something new to my kids they've already seen it or i've already told them so i'll tell them or i'll write it on the board or i'll show them and then when we turn in the book and it's like another new note it's a and, and they're like that's not a new note that's in and so they feel like they're really smart. And I'll tell them, well, the book thinks you're stupid. So it didn't do it for you. Or, you know, so they feel 
they feel like they're they're superstars because they already know. So I think just kind of pacing it um, to fit your program and kind of figuring out what your expectations are, uh, maybe adjusting your goals so that they fit program wide. Because uh, brass playing takes longer to develop. Uh, it's like flute playing. When you first start, like they spend forever on head joint. And then you got to start moving your fingers and then you got to start all over again sometimes. So um, the foundation is the most important. Um, here is the parts of the instrument. This is from Musical Mastery. This is like, this is the thing that sold me. I saw this and I was like, <gasps> I was using some like laminated sheets that I had like sharpied and whited out and made my, and it was super not fabulous. And I saw this and it was beautiful. So this is what my kids have in their books. And this is what we learned. Um, so loaded up, when we load it up, we start playing G's and C's, long tones, best sound of the day. We start adding positions. Um, I do a lot of things rope taught first. So we'll play high, low, and then I'll play games where I'll play it and they'll echo it back to me. Um, this is how I introduced articulation. So I'll kind of put it in there and we'll do articulation at that time. Um, and I'll just, I'll start playing something and then I'll say, well, how did I do that? And I make them um, answer it for me. Um, then I put them here inspections, always checking their hands and their hand positions, check their thumbs, check their pinkies. Um, these are the right hand is the, the worst offender of positions. Um, I put model daily. If you can't get a kid to do it, get tunnel energy to do it. Um, and I said, create some hand signs or one word cues. So while you're playing or while you're walking around, you can just like have a symbol that means something like I do this to my kids. And this means put your feet flat on the ground. Um, I snap a lot. <laughs> I'll go. Um, I'll snap at them or, you know, I'll touch my lip or something, or I'll touch my ear and they know what that means. So we create cues. Um, I put on here some homework practice. The first time they take their instrument home, it's just this, and they have a buzzing assignment and it's like, watch TV for 30 minutes and buzz uh, four counts on every note in the rooms of your house. And then the second sample is like a little bit, it's the first time they take their instrument home and they have to do fill in the blank. Um, that way mom and dad, Kind of see what what the structure of what we do in class is um when we start yeah sorry i keep cutting you off i know we're getting no, close okay. to the end of time um on the articulation piece how you about how long does it take you to get to that point with your kids and does has that changed based on where you like different schools you've taught at um i i don't really do things on a timeline i can introduce them as i feel like kids are ready like when sounds are being made and they're really great then i go okay let's let's throw in some articulation um, but it's always air to air to buzz for a while. Um, and I, and, and at a certain point I stopped demonstrating air to buzz mainly because I don't, it's not something I have to do all the time. Um, and some kids will naturally start with their tongue cause they'll hear me do it. Um, but we'll talk about the articulation piece right now. Um, so we do who to, so I tell the kids say who to, who to, and then we'll do it through the trumpet. We'll go. Um, and then we gradually decrease the space between the who and the two. And we go, who to, who to. And then we just go two. Um, I don't know. I, this is like a typo in here. I'm sorry. Um, and then the other thing I was going to, I wanted to make sure I got to was pipe playing, playing the pipe. So we take our tuning plate off and um, we play the pipe. My kids call it mooing because it kind of sounds weird. Uh, uh, this is a Mr. Red special. Um, it's at E flat. E flat. You want to make sure your kids are playing the right pitch, not too saggy, um, not too tight. Usually they're going to be too low. Uh, so 
on here, articulation, all the notes should be canoodle, long and connected for, for a long time. I don't tap staccato until like super late in the year, um, but everything's long and connected because that's when you can tell if they're cheating or not. Watch out for pooers, watch out for, for hooers, um, chin movement, um, head angles, things like that. You don't want kids going poo, 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 or hoo, 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 hoo. And you kind of have to train your ear Hey, that kid's pooing or that kid's hooing. Um, it's gonna take some some skill for you. Grab a friend and be like, hey, can you poo through the trumpet? And then they, you know, and yeah, don't actually do that. I don't recommend that, but um get a friend to kind of hear that to train your ears because it's gonna be um a help for you. Um, we also do articulation on rhythm sheets. So I'm like, okay, when you see a quarter note, I want you to play a G. And when you see a half note, I want you to play a C. So they'll go like G, G, C, G, C. And then I'm like, okay, today we're going to change it up. And again, we're doing the same old stuff, but we're just doing it with different exercises. They feel like they're playing a lot of stuff, but really we're playing G and C. Um, and then when they get really good, okay, put down second position. Let's do it now. Dun, 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 dun. And then like, cool. Okay, let's do it in fourth position. And then they all freak out. Um, so best of the day, uh, we talked about that earlier. Um, we're training our kids down the row. Um, it's a safe place for them to talk about improvements and struggles. Um, I give out the oh so loved I love band stickers. I just have a big old roll, and that kid, the winner of that day, gets a I love band sticker. Um, we pick the winner. I tear it off, and we give them a one clap. And we go give them one clap, one, two, three, and then we go clap. Uh, we say clap. I don't know why. Probably because we're holding instruments. Um, and then that kid gets to be the leader for the day. So while we're doing long tones or whatever, that kid gets to be my leader. So instead of me playing, my winner gets to play. Um, and it builds confidence. Yes. I want to pause you there. Sure. Uh, folks, it's 730 and we have a commitment to one hour every night. So let's give a huge hand to Miss Isaacson for what she shared with us. Um, I've learned so much sitting here, and we talk all the time about these things. So I really appreciate what you what you've given to it. Um, there are a couple, like one question that I, I do want to ask: um, When do you usually get to your your kids on instruments? And this is going to take one minute, and then we're going to get out of here. When like, do I get them on instruments? Yeah, from um, mouthpiece to instrument. Like when we actually load it up and make a sound. Um, I don't know, like the. September because we do a lot of theory stuff first and we don't play until most of the kids all have an instrument um but we're rolling and going usually by October time um so it's it's pretty simple um you kind of just do the, the mouthpiece thing I, you kind of have to feed them a a, a a token a little once in a while because you do a lot of mouthpiece work and then we'll load it up in the instrument and we'll take a deep breath and we'll blow and then the bell will ring and I'm like all right see you tomorrow and then we'll pack up um, so I kind of stretch it out and create like, um, like a hyped up situation. So when I finally do get to play, it's a big deal, um, yeah. but it's usually a while. Okay. That's fantastic. So see, patience is the key. We heard it last night. Patience is key. We're hearing it again. Patience is key. I think there's a theme happening. Uh, folks, uh, Miss Isaacson, are you okay sharing your email with everybody here? Yeah, and there's like, I, I didn't think that I would take more than that, but there's a lot of slides I didn't get to. And that's more like the meat and potatoes, like after the foundation is there, kind of cram music down their throat. But there's some really cool stuff on the slide and it may or may not make sense. It's kind of like word vomit. 
Um, but I'll share that with you. And if you have questions or anything about stuff later, uh, please check out the musical mastery books. Um, they are, they're like the best teaching tool ever for young teachers. It has like little snippets of like what to say and what to do. So if you like don't know what lip slurs are, it will tell you, hey, watch out for this and make sure your kids are doing this. And so it's like a little voice in your ear that can help you. And it is for every instrument. But those authors did a fabulous job. Um, I wish I had that tool when I was a young teacher. If you like what you heard, subscribe and check out our website, virtualbanddirectorconference.com. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's no stealing in band when you give with an open hand.